Welcome to Deeply Rooted Online, where women encourage women by sharing scripture and stories of God at work. Well, hello again, everybody. Welcome back to our Deeply Rooted podcast today. We have Martha Muntz, Esther Jennings, Val Forbes, and myself here today again, uh, Carrie Fellows, to share uh, the gospel with you. Once again, we're embarking on parables. And today, Martha has a very special one that will ring true for most of us. Go ahead, Martha. Thank you, Carrie. I'm wondering if our listeners and viewers have ever played this very popular game right now called Would You Rather? It's often said, Would You Rather? And it might be, Would You Rather Eat a Spider or Touch a Snake or something like that? It passes the time. Well, these parables that Jesus told are little stories. And this one, he actually asked some people to play the game of thinking about which do you think God would rather have? So um, I'm going to ask Carrie if she would read this parable, and then we'll talk a little bit about what it means. Okay, so I believe if you've got your Bibles out, we are in Matthew 21. And the parable of the two sons you'll find under verse 28 to 32. The parable of the two sons. What do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir, but he did not go. Which of the two did what his father wanted? The first, they answered. Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth. The tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you to show you the way of righteousness. And you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe in him. Wow. The tax collectors who are known to be um, mostly crooked businessmen and the prostitutes are going into heaven before another group that Jesus is talking to, the group that he spoke this parable to. And so that makes you wonder, what's the context of this parable? Who is he trying to teach something to? Who should take this lesson to heart that doing the Father's request, and if we make this a heavenly parable, which it is, God's request is much more important than just talking like you're going to do what God said. So who is Jesus telling this to? Who are the people that should be worried that the prostitutes and crooks are getting into heaven before them. Right before this parable, he was in the temple teaching and a group of people called the Pharisees who were really religious people and lived very strict lives were asking him, what are your credentials? Who authorized you to teach like this? And so I'm gonna read from the scriptures, Jesus answered to them. Jesus responded, first, let me ask you a question, you religious people. I just added that piece just to remind you, he's talking to the Pharisees. You answer my question, I'll answer yours. 
About the baptism of John, who authorized it, heavens or humans? Listen carefully. See if you catch what their motivation was. It says in verse 25, the religious people, they were put on the spot and they knew it. They pulled back into a huddle and whispered, if we say heaven, he'll ask us why we didn't believe in John. If we say humans, we're up against it with the people because they all hold John to be a prophet. So it says here, they decided to concede the point. We don't know, they said to Jesus finally. And Jesus said, neither will I answer your question. So if you caught it there, these religious people were more interested in looking and pleasing others by what they didn't said than by actually following God. They didn't care if John the Baptist was from God or not. They only cared about their PR. What's everybody going to think about us? And we should relate to that in our society because most of us were really into PR. Um, and as Christians, I think we can take this parable as both a warning and an encouragement. And I'd like to just talk about how it can be a warning. I do think that as we as Christians want to please God, we also, I, at least I do, I can't speak for anyone else, but I can say that Paul writes a lot in the New Testament about not becoming religious. It's a temptation for us to want to say the right things and look right without really putting in the work. It's a temptation for us to want to talk the talk without really walking the walk. Of course, I'd like to look like a good Christian to everybody. I want everyone to think well of me, but Satan can use that to tempt me off the path to become a hypocrite where I talk one way and walk another. And I think it's especially tempting for us as believers because we really do want to please God. And sometimes it's a whole lot easier to talk that way than it is to act that way. But then the other encouraging part to me in this is I love the second son who says, nope, I'm not doing it, dad. And then he goes and does what the father asked him. Now, how many of us have asked a friend or perhaps a child in your household, would you go do something? I ask you, what would you rather have? Would you rather have the child be a little cheeky and say, nope, and then go clean their room? Or say, sure, Will, I'll do it, it'll be done. And you go in there and the place is a wreck. Or you ask somebody at work, you know, could you take care of these emails for me? Sure, sure, I'll do it. And you come back and there's still some mess left because they didn't do what they were supposed to do. Or how about that coworker who said, how come I have to do it? And then they do it. I'd rather have the person with the bad attitude. And so I really love that. It's encouraging to me because if my attitude, maybe when I hear God telling me, do good to all men, um, you know, be faithful in this, um, get involved in certain things. There's times when I think, you know what? I just really rather wouldn't do that. But if I change my attitude, check that attitude and go and do it. And I recently had an experience like that where I really felt God was telling me to do something. And I thought, oh, I don't really want to do this. It involved a commitment. And I thought, huh, 
But I was able to check that attitude and say, no, God's told me, so I better go do it. This parable tells me that God is pleased with me. I don't have to feel guilt and shame because at times I don't feel thrilled to follow what God's telling me to do. God loves when I obey him. So I'd just like to send it out to the panel, ladies. What do you learn from this parable of the two sons, one who said, I'll do it and doesn't, and the other one who says, I won't, and yet does the father's will. So when you were saying that about just recently, I just recently had uh, stepped out of my car and a homeless person came up and asked, um, you know, if I had money. Now, inside, I'm thinking, you're just going to go spend it on on drugs or you're just going to, you know, you just have this these terrible thoughts that are very judgy. And that was kind of the first thing I think I thought. And I actually, and this is horrible. I actually was a little relieved. I had no money on me. And I said, I'm really sorry. I don't have it. I was just going to, you know, use my debit card. I don't have any money on me. And then it was like this little voice. Yes, you do. You have a whole pile of change in your car. Because you know how you keep them for your coffees or whatever. And I immediately turned around and said, sir. He turned away. I said, no, actually, you know what? I do have change for you. And I don't have no idea. Was it $5? Was it 10 What? I have no idea. I scooped that out and just handed it to him. And I just knew that, like you said, I knew that that was what God was asking me to do. It was a little thing, but I think it's important that we don't have this partiality. And, you know, James comes to mind when he tells us in James 2, he says, my brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ and Lord of glory. And he talks about a man coming in with a gold ring or, you know, the people that we sort of, they're leaders, they might have more money or whatever. And you kind of give them preference. They get the better seat. And I am shocked because you forget this one little verse. As you drop down in James 2, it says, if you show partiality, you're committing sin (laughs) and are convicted by the law as transgressors. Ouch, ladies. Ouch. Because I'm going to tell you, I definitely fall in there sometimes. And I think this goes along with what you were saying, Martha, that um, we are to love everyone. Jesus is telling us everyone. And if we really seek that, he will give you an opportunity to show that. (laughs) You know, it's funny when we were reading this parable, I was thinking I've just fresh off of babysitting my three grandkids. And uh, this, this rang true. Um, it reminds me of asking them in the morning if they've made their bed and all three will say yes, but you can be sure that only two have actually done it. But does that mean that I love the one that didn't do it any less? No. Um, and I don't think God shows partiality like Val was saying. Um, but it just, I think this parable teaches me that, um, Jesus is trying to help us examine our hearts. And I think our actions reflect the state of our hearts and our priorities. Is it more important to appear righteous and to be approved of by others than actually doing the work that we know he's calling us to? But I think when we're motivated by a deep appreciation and love for God and what he has given us and spending time in God's word and actually really growing our relationship with him doesn't seem so heavy. Um, and, and it's a question, what do I value more how I look or actually deepening my walk with him? 
Those are all really, really good points. Martha, I was just wondering, do you have something that you'd like the listeners to take away from this parable? This isn't about whether God loves you or not, this parable. Jesus said, the question was, who do you think did the Father's will? So this is a parable that is an awesome challenge and warning for those of us who want to do the Father's will. Let's not focus so much on talking right as Christians, but walking right as Christians, um, loving God and loving our neighbors. Thank you so much. Those are such wise words. And I'm going to take that home. Listen, I just want everybody to know out there that um, we have as much fun making these um, devos as you might enjoy listening to them. So stay tuned. We've got some more coming up. And uh, just remember, stay deeply rooted. Thanks for joining us at Deeply Rooted today. If God has been speaking to you and you want to connect with someone for prayer, email us at deeplyrooted at myharvestchurch.ca. Be sure to subscribe to this channel to receive notifications when new content is released. And finally, let's stay connected with one another and deeply rooted in Christ.